can't believe we're here. It's literally days before Rosh Hashanah. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? That's, Shouldn't we be preparing for Rosh Hashanah? Yeah, it's a great question, but I also feel like we can help people prepare. Yes, and, and with that, I'm actually, I am preparing for Rosh Hashanah. You want to know how? Tell me. I'll tell you. First, give me your best rendition of Dip the Apple in the Honey. Go. Absolutely not. Do it. No. Our listeners n- want to hear it. It is not going to happen. You want me to do it? Go right ahead. Your voice is better than mine. I'm even. You're supposed to deny it first. <laughs> That's the polite thing to do. Say, no, no. You're, no, no, you're good. Thank no. you. Thanks. You're good. Thanks, Go I ahead. appreciate it. Okay. In my, uh, in my preparations for Rosh Hashanah and for dipping the apple in the honey, I started to look into apples. Okay. All right? What's your favorite apple? I know this. I know the answer to this. No, it's not. What's your personal favorite? Yeah, no, I know the like, answer to this because- I ask people around and everybody gives me a different answer. Everybody gave me I'm a different answer. I'm personally a Fuji man. A lot of people say Fuji. Interesting. Yeah. I don't love Fuji, but okay. It's sweet. It's crisp. What else is there? I don't need tart in an apple. I also, I'm not a tart fan. I yeah. agree. So those I'm are the tart. green, the Granny Smith, all those people. Right. Not my cup of tea. I hear that. I hear that. Uh, how do you feel about honey crisp? Okay. It's 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 not as sweet as the Fuji IMO. I, I, I think it is, isn't it? That's my personal. I, okay. wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from a Honeycrisp, but if there's Honeycrisp versus Fuji, you know where I'm going. So I, I was reading about this uh, article in my, in my travels. <laughs> and, uh, in your internet travels. My internet travels. There's an apple that was released recently. It's called the Cosmic Crisp. Mm. Have you heard of it? No. It took them 20 years to breed it. So, you know, a lot of these apples, I think we touched on this in the past, a lot of these apples are bred and they're bred scientifically to make them better, different, tart, this, that. Honeycrisp is one such apple. And the companies- so wait, there are men in lab coats that are spending 20 years- Yes. Just trying to develop an apple. And they're coming home every night for like 19 and a half years. And it's like, honey, did you make any progress today? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, but soon. But like, that's a lot of patience. But, but, don't, but don't serve me dinner. I am stuffed. <laughs> so- Guess how much money they invested in developing the Cosmic Crisp Apple. I don't even, I don't want to guess. I feel like it's a very sad number. $500 million. But what could be done with that <laughs> money? Like why, you have, a, you have a Cosmic Crisp here? Oh, I have a Cosmic Crisp. <laughs> we are going to do a live taste testing surprise. You never fail to disappoint. That's right. We have before you. So the Cosmic Crisp was based on the Honey Crisp. They invested tons and tons of money developing it. And by the way, once they create the apple, you can't patent it. So if you just take a seed of a Honey Crisp, you could grow your own Honey Crisp. The difference is you can't call it or sell it as a Honey Crisp apple. That's all they own is the name. So if a if a if an apple producer decides to make his own Honey Crisp apples and grow his own, he can do it and call it Sugar Crisp. Yes. Wow. Yes. So all this money that they spent, they spent five hundred million dollars. Uh, it cost farmers over $40 million to plant the first batch of 12 trees. Uh, Red Rich Fruits invested $27 million to launch it in Australia. And they launched it here in the States with a $10 million marketing campaign. Okay, here's the thing. And this is what you have before you. One of these two apples here is a Cosmic Crisp. One is a Honey Crisp. One is a Cosmic Crisp. And we are going to try one of each, and you and you're not going to know which is which. Okay, I know which is which. You will not know. You will tell me your preference. Are you ready to do the taste test? I'm down. Okay, which one would you like to start with? Okay, that one looks really good. Okay, go for it. Grab it. This is a great apple. Wow, this wow. is a great apple. It has everything that it needs. It's sweet. It's got a tremendous crisp. Great crunch. The class of the apple is fantastic. <laughs> well, just remember. Both of these apples, one is a honey crisp and one is a cosmic crisp. So they, the crisp is there. Okay, it's in I'm the gonna, name. I would guess, if I have to guess right now, that this is the cosmic crisp. Interesting. That's my guess. Interesting. Try apple number two. The color. I just want to say before I bite in, the color is very honey crispy. Apple number one or apple number two? My choice is apple number one. But apple number two is also a tremendous apple. It's just, and there's, by the way, it's bursting with flavor. Completely different flavor. <laughs> Do you work for the farmers? The farm, <laughs> big pharma? <laughs> the big farm. <laughs> but then the second apple, it has it has tart. Yeah, it's far a little, a little more tartier, tart. Yeah, and more it has tart. a little bit of a different flavor profile 
than the original. Which is your preference? Put it this I way. I still prefer the first one, and I'll tell you why. I want basic. I'm not looking for a roller coaster ride with my apple. I don't need the tart. I, I like sweet, basic, simple, and that's what I, I want my year to be: sweet and basic and simple. So that so for your Rosh Hashanah seder, is it called the seder? What is it called? Your, your Rosh Hashanah seder. You would go with apple num apple number one. Yes, if I had to choose now, it would be apple number one all around. We're dipping that in the honey. Apple number one is in fact a cosmic crisp apple. See, you have to respect my yeah, apple that's knowledge. That's very good. That was right? good. The that coloring, good. the coloring, the yeah, flavoring. I, the truth, I didn't anticipate you looking at the coloring. Yeah. But th th was that the giveaway, or did you really taste? You no, it's tremendously different. Yeah, I'm saying, and you preferred the Cosmic Crisp. Yeah, the Cosmic Crisp, again, it's basic. I don't know who would invest $500 million into that. <laughs> like, there's like, other things. No, no, like no. Like, there's cancer. You know, like, like you could. Yeah, they, they, they were like, should we do cancer? Should we do, like, apples? apples. <laughs> I think no, we should go with the apples. The thing is that I feel like there's tremendous opportunity here because I would create that for 450 You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if. Like, if we're bidding you on sound this, like Trump. you give me four hundred and fifty million. <laughs> That's Trump. That's Trump all the way. And I'll I'll get it done. They wanted the apples under budget. <laughs> I'll get it done under budget and ahead of schedule. I got them the apples. Four hundred million. They wanted to spend five hundred. All right. Well, you're still eating the the honey crisp instead of the cosmic crisp. You may as well eat the cosmic crisp instead yeah, of the honey well. crisp. I I agree with you a hundred percent. I enjoyed the cosmic much more than the honey crisp. Uh, these were both purchased from Whole Foods. Interestingly, if you go to Whole Foods. There are the honey crisps outnumber the cosmic crisps by like five to one. Well, cosmic crisp is brand new. Yeah, but it's and it's, they're still it, testing to me, it. To it's, me, it's much better. Yeah. I, I like it a lot better. So, for all you listeners out there, for your Rosh Hashanah Seder, this episode has been sponsored by Cosmic Crisp. No, I'm kidding. It hasn't. But um, Cosmic Crisp, yeah, it, it was really good, and that's what I'm planning to have for my Rosh Hashanah Seder. By the way, Seder. going back to the Cosmic Crisp after the Honey Crisp. You realize, wow, this Much is better. an apple. Wow. Much I don't know better. about $500 million, but this is an apple. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Regardless of which apples you use this Rosh Hashanah, one thing that I know the whole family will enjoy is Bartonura Moscato de Asti. If you haven't tried it, I don't know where you've been living because it is the best. My whole family enjoys it. We serve it pretty much at every meal, and it's just really, really good. You can find it at- I like it because even the women can enjoy it. It's not too harsh. It's light. It's got some fizz. Is that a little misogynistic of you? <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> it so. It is, right? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's it's something that's going to be enjoyed by everyone. Agreed. Agreed. So check out, if you've never had it before, check them out. Uh, Bartonor Moscata de Asti. You can buy it wherever kosher wines are sold. Once we're on the topic, I, I really do wonder why is it an apple? That's a great question, by the way. And I, in my travels, <laughs> I, I did the deep dive into this as well. I wanted to know why an apple and why are we dipping it in honey? Well, honey, I get it. It's sweet. Okay, but why dip an apple in honey, right? I mean, there are customs that also do sugar. Yes. Right? It's just about but sweetness. Apple, apple and honey is the worldwide most prevalent by far. Yeah, but the question is why the apple? Like, I would understand honey. I want sweet. Okay, why that sweet? So the custom seems to go back to the period of the Gainim. And uh, also, the Machzer Vitri in the year 1100 is the first record that we have of using a red apple, specifically. Also, on the topic of why we use an apple, uh, there's, a, there's a Gemara and there's a Medrash that says that uh, when uh, Yaakov Avinu went to his father Yitzchak for the bracha, and he says, oh, the, I, I smell the smell is like the smell of the field that God blessed, uh, according to the Gemara and the Medrash, that was actually an apple orchard. The smell was of an apple orchard. It's interesting, but I'm not sure how it relates to, to Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, Hashanah. Because just like Yaakov Avinu was going in to get these massive brachas from his father, we're hoping that this Rosh Hashanah will oh, get the massive blessings. That's nice. Just like Yaakov Avinu. I'll accept that. I mean, I know what I have in my mind. In my mind, it's... And it's a little bit interesting because I know that some say that the first fruit that Adam and Eve struggled no, so we with. Know, we know that's not, it's not an apple. Right. The Gemara says not. it's not an apple. Right. Right? We know it's not an apple. The but, one thing we know it's not is an apple. But No, but according to Kabbalistic sources, they bring down that it was an apple. Really? Yeah. And that's why in some Friday night, uh, Neschayas, you'll have, uh, you'll have it talking about the holy apple orchard. 
oh, of creation. So we're going to get to the holy apple, holy apple orchard. Now, not get. So the end of this paragraph says, the, the Gemara and the Madras explain the fragrance of the Garden of Eden entered together with Jacob and it had the scent of an apple orchard. Thus, the Kabbalists often refer to the Garden of Eden as Chakal Tapuchim, which is the holy apple orchard. Kadishan. It's Chakal Tapuchin Kadishan. Okay, well, you're, you're adding stuff that they don't have. All right? <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> uh, another reason, there's a quote from the Gemara also. It says, why were the Jewish people likened to an apple tree? It's to tell you that just as an apple tree, its fruit begins to grow before its leaves, so did the Jewish people when they said... Nasevinishma. Very good. Exactly. So we are likened to an apple. So when we eat it on Rosh Hashanah, we're asking that he treat us in a similar manner, fulfilling our wants and needs even before we ask for it. Just like we jumped the gun and we became Jews and we said Nasevinishma, we're asking God to do the same thing. Jump the gun, answer our prayers, give us our needs... Forget about everything else and do that for us. Right. Even the ones we don't even know that we need. Exactly. Right. And what do you have for the honey? So the honey is a, a little bit more fuzzy, right? So first of all, the honey, as we know, when the Torah talks about honey, it's not talking about the honey that we eat. It's not talking about bees' honey. It's talking about date honey. Okay. That The, the bee honey that we eat, they didn't even have back then. You know what they also they didn't have back then? Sugar. That's correct. Like That was probably that, the only sweet food. That is correct. Very good. That was their sugar. Uh, so they used to boil date honey, and that, that's what they used in cooking and whatever for sugar. Uh, it wasn't until later that the, the bee honey that we eat was introduced uh, many, many years later. But it's interesting because then you have to wonder about the customs that actually use processed sugar. Like when could yes. that have been? Right. And there's like real, real Kabbalistic people that use just sugar. sugar. Interesting. Interesting. So um, there's a bunch of things about honey. I'll, I'll give you just uh, as an example. So according to, once again, this is coming from Chabad.org, we use bee honey for just as a bee stings but then gives sweet honey. So too we pray that we emerge from the attribute of severity and judgment into sweetness. That's nice. Nice, right? That's a, but that's bee honey. That's bee honey. Exclusively bee honey. Right. So this, this custom seems to have started with, uh, I think it even started with bee honey at least according to the documentation that we have. Interesting. Like, I wonder what they were doing. I guess they weren't doing any of this. No, they were doing apples. No, I said it. No, no, it no. It goes what, back to the Gainim. If you go back before that, right, the Tanoim, they, they weren't having any of well, these. Well, we don't have a record of it. Amoyim, they, they, were may not... have, they may have been doing it, but we don't necessarily, we don't really have a record of it. That's the first record that we have. So, yeah. So there's no Gemara that brings this down? To dip an apple in honey? No, there's no Gemara. Really? Yeah. And you've been through Shah, so... Yeah. <laughs> Many times. So it must be true. Many times. <laughs> but speaking of eating, now that we've been we're going off on a, this whole tangent of eating, uh, I'm sure you saw what happened with the one chip challenge. I don't know how to pronounce the name of the company. What is it? Paki? Paki? Poke? I don't know. I don't know. Paki. Paki. It's spelled P-A-Q-U-I. Yeah, I've seen it. I saw this last week. I mean, a 14 year old boy. Yeah, Did so the one chip challenge? What is the one chip challenge? So this company makes chips using ghost peppers, right? And these are of the the most uh, potent and spicy peppers in the world. It's like they have like this Scoville unit of heat yes. that they. And what's crazy to me is that this whole heat index is only <laughs> is only in the human mouth, right? Right. It's only the way it interacts with our taste buds and our yes. Yes, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Our biological system, that's the reaction. Yes. There's nothing hot about it. So now this company, they make chips. You buy them in a bag, just like any other tortilla chips. And they also make this one chip called the One Chip Challenge. It comes in a little box. And I actually tried to buy it. You did? I wanted to do the One Chip Challenge. This is weeks ago, before the before this whole, before this, this kid died. I wanted to buy it. I wanted to do it. I happen to like spicy foods. Wait, as you, you wanted know. to do it on the cast or yeah, just on, for fun in your home no, no, on the by cast, yourself? On the cast. And I, I happen to have, as you see in front of you, a, a bag of their regular tortilla chips, which they say are the hottest that, that they make, which we're going to eat momentarily. And I'm going to eat this? Yeah, I'm you're going to eat this. this. You're going to try it. You're going to try it. I don't do well with this. You're going to try it. You have your coffee there. It's got cream in it. That, okay. That'll that'll cancel it out. You ever you. see those videos? Yes. So, so <laughs> with the people downing the milk. Yes. Because they have an actual ghost pepper. Yes. And by the way, there are people that do this regularly. Yes. And that's and you should know that 
there's like a high to it. A hundred percent. You know, it's because the body is releasing endorphins, endorphins yes. and, and yes. And it speeds up your metabolism. There's a lot of benefits, by the way. You just have to be extremely careful never to touch anywhere close to your eye. So now on social media, people were doing the one chip challenge and it became like a hot thing to do the one chip challenge. And, and you, basically- By the way, you could only buy the one chip from their website. Like no, no, no retailer no. would carry no, it. No, no, Walgreens has them. Walgreens has the one chip challenge though. Yes, yes. You've seen it? Yes, I, 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 I was in the store buying these chips okay. and I saw the one chip challenge and said, hey, you know, this would be great for us to do the one chip challenge right on the air. So I took the, so I, I had the bag of the, we have the Haunted Ghost Pepper uh, bag of tortilla chips from this company, Paki. And then I saw the one chip challenge. I said, oh, why don't I do that? And we'll do that live on air. There was no Heksher on it. Now these have an OU that had no Heksher, so I didn't buy it. Okay. The, the one chip doesn't have a hexer. Right. Right. So now, but it's it's it went viral, the one chip challenge, and this kid did the one chip challenge, and he died a few hours later. They don't know if it was because of this, but it was announced this week that the company has now voluntarily recalled all of the one chips. But interestingly, if you I go to their website- I wonder if you can find it on eBay, though. Right? For sure, people course, are selling it on secondary eBay- Secondary market. At a crazy premium. So they, so they recalled it. You can't get it in the stores now. And I went to their website, and now if you go to their website, it's very interesting. So there's a big warning on the website, and it says, the One Chip Challenge is intended for adults only, right? It was a young boy, who, a 14-year-old who died, with clear and prominent labeling highlighting the chip is not for children or anyone sensitive to spicy foods or who has food allergies, is pregnant, or has underlying health conditions. Now, here's where it gets interesting. We have seen an increase in teens and other individuals not heeding these warnings. As a result, while the product continues to adhere to food safety standards out of an abundance of caution, we are actively working with our retailers to remove the product from shelves. We are offering refunds on our single-serve one-chip challenge product. For refunds, please call here. So they- It's a mess a, for them. It's a mess, but the, 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 it's not an apology. It's not a warning. It's basically them saying- you did this to yourself. Right, we'll we give warned you a you. refund. <laughs> we warned you. Right. We'll give you the refund, but you don't deserve it. Wow. That's what they're saying. So here we go. We're about to try the Haunted Ghost Pepper. Um, this is also the hottest chip that they make in terms of um, just mass market chip that isn't the one chip challenge. Bro, I did not come ready for this. And obviously, the bag is open, so you know I've tried it already. How bad is it? I, I actually like them. Oh, so you're gonna you're I'll, gonna down I'll eat that them whole voluntarily? Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So you ready? I guess. Grab your chip. Say a bracha. Oh, you said a bracha already. You ready? I made bracha my coffee. Yes. Right? You ready for it? Here goes. Let's do it. Slow down, tiger. <laughs> it didn't hit you yet. <laughs> Let it settle in. You feeling it? Oh boy, that's hitting hard. Here it comes. <laughs> wow. That's pretty intense. Yeah. You have milk. <laughs> Has a good flavor though. The flavor is good. The heat is is real, right? The heat is real. It feels like spicy ones. Yeah. You know, like they have this podcast that they, where they have the hottest chicken wings. Have you seen? Really? It? No. They, they conduct an interview. It's a whole podcast just dedicated to this. Just dedicated to this. They interview famous people while they're serving them various <laughs> degrees of intensifying heat chicken wings. That means there's a podcast for everything. There's literally a podcast for everything. How Wait, are we not the number one podcast in the world? If that if that's an actual podcast. And now it's extremely popular and they're talking through tears, these people. Right? They're I, crying. I do want to mention they're just trying to go through the interview. Your skin is red. My skin is red. Yes. It's reddish. You got a, a red sheen to you now. Really? Yeah. It's a good thing we don't do video podcasts. Yes. Yes. So what do you think? I think it's very hot. I think I'm at the limit. Of what you could take. Yeah, of what I can take. This but you has, didn't drink anything, so you're, right. you're holding your own. That's what I'm saying. I'm at the limit before I need intervention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And even one more Scoville unit, and I'm done. Yeah, I hear that. But I happen to like this a lot. I you mean, okay? It's, it's can intense. you continue? Yeah, of course. I'm saying I, I'm fine. I don't need a break. But You I, didn't even drink. You still didn't drink your coffee. But I feel it. I feel it. I'm, 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 letting, I'm letting myself feel you know what I'm saying? I'm proud In of you. a I'm proud of you. stark contrast to the rest of my life, You've I'm really allowing grown. myself to feel pain. <laughs> You've really grown. I'm proud of you. So does this count as our new phobia? <laughs> the one chip the challenge? One chip challenge. Yeah, well. It is my phobia now. I'm not joking. You wouldn't. I wouldn't do it now. Now that this guy died, I'm not doing it. But <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but would you eat a ghost pepper? No, not now. I'm just freaked out. 
Because however strong this chip is, it does not compare to a ghost pepper. True. Right? True. And they have like a bunch of different types. Like this is yes. a whole sugya. Whole sugya. You could you could do whole a sugya. deep dive into just into hot peppers. And there's a lot hotter peppers than the ghost pepper. They take the ghost pepper and they- The Carolina Reaper. Yeah, Carolina Reaper. And that I think is the number one. No, there's hotter than the Carolina Reaper. What, what's it called? By the way, great for clearing the sinuses. Am I right? <laughs> Okay, the Dragon's Breath Pepper is hotter than the Carolina Reaper. You know, they keep engineering <laughs> yes, new yes, ones. they're engineering exactly what they're doing. But there's nothing more sobering than watching one of these farmers that farm this stuff. They sit down to it, and they just eat it straight. Yeah, it's crazy. You see them turn colors, yes. and they're enjoying every it's cr- second it's of it. It's crazy. Right? It's and it's a buildup. You can't just go to the Carolina Reaper or to the Dragon Breath or whatever you want to call it. You can't just move to those peppers. You need to start slow and begin your journey up the chain of hot peppers. Just so you know, the, the uh, Carolina Reaper has a Scoville heat unit of 1.5 million. Wow. Okay? It's high. The Dragon's Breath Pepper has a Scoville heat unit of 2.5 million. That's a whole nother Almost million. double. Yeah, that is crazy. Where will we stop? Where, <laughs> where, where will we stop at for thrills? People are not going to stop till they they guarantee death. <laughs> right, from, they, that's it. Right. Yes, this is the guaranteed. You eat suicide this, you're dead. pepper. Yes, the end. <laughs> suicide pepper. I'm like, okay, I think we could stop now. Right. I'm like, no, we have to go higher. <laughs> you look at it and you die. Yeah, they're going to keep going. By the way, I'm still feeling still the feeling effects. It. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not minding it. It's not like it's overwhelming. No, it it's was, there. It's nice. It's very much present, and I'm, I'm dealing. Yeah, and uh, also in food, by the way, uh, interesting. The Wall Street Journal had an article that it turns out that laxatives right now are there's a shortage of laxatives. Right in time for the yuntif. <laughs> but if it was Pesach, could you imagine? Yeah, that would be a problem. It would be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it would be no joke. The funny part is, is that they're attributing some of the shortage <laughs> to Ozempic. Really? Why? Does Ozempic cause constipation? No. In fact, Ozempic is known to cause diarrhea. Ooh. But people are buying the laxatives because Ozempic is really hard to get. It's very expensive, and you need a doctor's uh, prescription. They're calling this the che- the poor man's Ozempic. So people are just taking it. Laxatives. Laxatives to but lose it doesn't, weight. But it doesn't inhibit. Appetite like Ozempic does. Correct. So well, that's why it's the poor man's Ozempic. The real Ozempic doesn't have that limitation. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay, so let's jump back to a little bit of the news and what's been going on. Uh, there's a, there's a there's a ton of just a ton that's happening in the country and around the world. Uh, I, I I think we need to cover a little bit. We could go through it quickly so that we could get through our whole agenda. So McCarthy is saying that they are ready to move forward with impeachment proceedings, and it's about time. Yeah, I mean, I, the truth of the matter is, because of you know all of the, I mean, there's an argument to be made that a lot of what they're claiming is things that Biden did while he was vice president, not as president. So technically, why should he be impeached for stuff he did, you know, many years ago when he was vice president? I mean, it's he the second top post in the country. It's not, you doesn't it doesn't allow you to commit crimes. Okay, but that. That's not a reflection of how he's been president, right? It's a reflection of how he was a vice president, and he should have been impeached then, when he was right. Right, then. you can't impeach a president now f- for being a vice president. Then exactly interesting. But what about the Hunter Biden stuff and the business dealings? That and was the all when he was vice president. It was pay for play, right? But so, does, but does he doesn't get new status once he becomes a president, right? Meaning, meaning, should they just bring him up on regular criminal charges? Right. So, uh, you know, you cannot bring criminal charges on a sitting president. What you can do is impeach him. Right. So maybe that's what they're trying to do here. Right. I, I think, I mean, look, we know that the impeachment's not really going to go anywhere. The, the Republicans control the House, but they do not control the Senate. So this whole thing is really just an exercise in tit for tat, right? Because they impeached Trump. We're going to impeach Biden. And Shapiro called this. When Trump was impeached, he said, okay, you guys want it this way. No problem. You're opening up Pandora's box. He said, from now on, every single president will be impeached by the other side if the other side's controlling, you know, one of the major houses of government. Right. And it's so stupid. But it's so stupid. stupid. It's stupid. Well, you know who else thinks it's stupid? Fetterman. Senator Fetterman. I was just going to ask you if you saw that. (laughs) Yes. I'll play it for you. 
Oh my God, really? Oh my gosh, you know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it, please don't do it. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Everybody's a comedian. Yeah. Everybody's a comedian. I laughed from this, come on. I have to tell you something. It, to me, it was bizarre, not really funny. Um, I thought when I first started this video that maybe he's finally wearing clothes. <laughs> no, he's not. And then at the end, I realized that he's still in his basketball shorts. Yes. Someone said he looks like he's in a, he's an ex-con and he's he's in a prison. If you look, look at the color, all the gray on gray. He looks like he's in a prison uniform. Or in a yeshiva dorm. Yes. <laughs> but he is in his uh, shorts, untucked shirt. Uh, but listen, to his credit, he was able to get through this question and answer without a teleprompter transcribing the people's words. So you give him credit for that. Yeah, maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope. And so uh, so that happened. And speaking of Biden, I'm sure you saw the clips seen around the world, the multiple clips of Joe Biden. I mean, you always say it, like there's no reason for us to really cover these things anymore. I know, it's crazy. I can't even keep up. Like he is so, he is it's, fumbling it's so often thing. that I can't keep up with it. It's It's... It's definitely sad to see what's going on. When whenever he is speaking now publicly, you're you're cringing because you know something's coming and it's not going to be good. And the world is watching. Exactly. So here is he he's been traveling for the G20 summit. He was in Vietnam. Here are two clips that everybody's talking about. Here they are. And look, nobody likes having celebrated international meeting if you don't know what you want at the meeting if you don't have a game plan he may have a game plan he just hasn't shared it with me but i tell you what i don't know about you but i'm going to go to bed i wish i could listen to that on 2x yes maybe that's why i don't get it yes no nobody get it nobody gets it nobody gets it and i, I think i'm gonna go to bed not that, a good look not a good look at the g20 no less yes yes with the whole world watching and then here's another one yeah we talked we talked about we talked about at the conference overall. We talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the uh, excuse me, third world, the uh, southern hemisphere had access to change. Had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. You can thank, thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the count press thanks. conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Now, he made a quick mistake, right? Third world, southern hemisphere. Third world's bad. You're in Vietnam, and you're kind of referring to the area as the third world. That's bad. And he's just mumbling and fumbling, and nobody he's incoherent when suddenly Karine Jean-Pierre jumps in. Her voice, you don't see her in the video, her voice, like the voice of God, comes in. <laughs> That's it, folks. Everybody leave. That's how you know that it's really a fumble. Like, yes. it's really bad when she comes out out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Right? And you know she's backstage somewhere where someone is elbowing her right in the ribs and being like, you better get out there, girl. <laughs> she did. She put an end to it. And in one second, the entire press conference is done. Just like that. He cannot do any more damage. Well, damage control is, you know, part of her job description. Yeah. And, and good for her because, you know. L listen. It's good for her, good for us. You understand? Like, I'm just trying to think as a country right now, right? Yes. We need to look somewhat like a world power. Yeah, that would right? be nice. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be nice. Agreed. Um, obviously, these videos are going to be included in our WhatsApp group. If you're not in the WhatsApp group, you can join. Go to our website, kiddishclubpodcast.com, and you'll find the link there. Also- yeah, That should be your New Year's resolution, by the way. Join the Kiddish Club WhatsApp group. Yes, because if you didn't join the WhatsApp group, you also missed out on uh, our friend Jake Turks sent us a video with the owners of Yapchik, and they were listening to our cast where we spoke about them because at the time we spoke about Subway, the Subway franchise that was offering a deal that if anyone legally changed their name to Subway, they would have free Subways for life. And we said, you know, it would be great if like a kosher restaurant would do it. Uh, you know, could you imagine somebody doing Yapchik and the guy changes his name to that and we, they call him Yapi for short. <laughs> Yapchik Cohen. <laughs> yeah, so we, right, we said Yapchik <laughs> Cohen. And, uh, but it's a great video. So you need to join the WhatsApp group if you want to see it. And they, they got a kick out of it. Uh, we are waiting to see if they are going to be sending us Yapchik for life. So far, we haven't received anything. <laughs> but we know you guys I'll, are listening now. I'll take Yapchik for a day. I don't need <laughs> yeah, right. Yapchik for life. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Also, Biden, another faux pas. He said in his 9-11 remarks 
that he was at ground zero the next day. This was so blatantly false that even the regular left-wing websites had to call out and say, uh, that's not true. <laughs> right. Because that's so easily fact-checkable. Right. But to be fair, it was maybe 10 days later. Nine days. Whatever. So, you know, he's old. And he was meant in the in the in the next days. He didn't mean the next day. He uh, meant I was okay. there the next days. Listen, I don't want to be an ageist here, but even if you're old, when you say I was there the next day, you're trying to make a point. Like it means so much to me. It meant so much to me. I didn't waste any time. I was there the next day. If you don't remember that you were not there the next day, there's something wrong. No, but I think he could have mean he could have meant I was there in the next days. You understand? I'm trying to be his defense attorney because that's what I need. <laughs> come yeah. Rosh Hashanah. Oh, that's nice. I see yeah. that. I see where you went yeah. there. I see where you went there. You know, we have to do a 9/11 episode. Just yeah, in, we've uh, talked about that. We, we we never do it internally though. Yeah, internally. Yeah. But guys, like maybe one of these years, if if we ever make it that far. <laughs> We'll just talk about 9-11. Okay, you know? if you guys want to hear a 9-11 episode, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a it. very interesting story. As do I. As do I. I wonder who's is going to... Oh, listen, we'll face off when the time comes. Yes, yes. So moving on to uh, another president, and that's ex-president Trump. So Trump, the Georgia proceedings are in full swing, and Trump's lawyers had this to say. 2,506 felons voted illegally in Georgia. 66,248 underage and therefore ineligible people to illegally register to vote before their 17th birthday when the law requires 17 and a half years old. At least 2,423 individuals to vote who were not listed as registered. 1,000 43 individuals to cast ballots who had illegally registered to vote using a post office box. 4,926 individuals voted in Georgia who had registered to vote after their Georgia voter registration date, thereby canceling their Georgia voter registration. 10,315 or more individuals to vote who are deceased by the time of the election. 395 individuals to vote in Georgia who had cast ballots in another state, which is illegal in both states. 15,700 individuals to vote in Georgia who had filed a national change of address with the United States Postal Service prior to November 3rd, 2020. 40,000 279 individuals to vote who had moved across county lines at least 30 days prior to Election Day and who had failed to properly re-register to vote in their new county after moving, also in violation of Georgia law. So it was a long clip, uh, but basically what they're trying to show in Trump's defense is that he was, when he was famously, he asked uh, the governor of Georgia, Abbott, to find him Right. He mentioned, find me, I think it was 13,000 votes or whatever. He's showing that there were many, many more than that that were illegal votes that were counted as part of the legal tally. So when Trump says, you know, the, the election was 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 fixed, it, there was fraud, et cetera. He's trying to show we know for a fact that there was a bunch of it's not necessarily fraud, but invalid uh, ballots. Electoral anomalies, let's call them. Yes. Yes. But what, what's the point of it? Meaning, are they going to ever overturn Georgia? Like, imagine what would even happen if, like, all of a sudden stunning evidence came out that the, that this was a fraud. Like, would we have a complete regime change? Like, no. if they would find out. <laughs> no. No, once like, if you could no. prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt, it was completely stolen. Well, would Trump, they install Trump now? No. Trump it would never said, happen. Trump said that he had something like this. He teased on Truth Social a few weeks ago that he has like the proof of the century. The smoking gun. The smoking gun. Then he walked it back and said, my lawyers told me not to not to show it. We're saving it for the trial. So we are waiting for that. It doesn't matter. Once you certify the president, the only way to get him out is with impe- impeachment. So it doesn't matter. And but, you can't impeach him for other people committing voter fraud. Correct. If that were even the case. Correct. There's nothing. It, so there's so, nothing to be done. Nothing to be done. What it does do is get him off the hook in Georgia. 
which is their goal right now. Well, yeah, that's pretty important if yeah. if they want to become president. <laughs> yeah, or not, in or just not go to jail. Yes, right. Yes, uh, but among the people who are defending Trump, it's none other than our good friend Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> he says, and it's interesting. This was, you know, what's funny is, you know, I I see news from a lot of sources, right? As you could tell. Uh, I go through everything to find like the most interesting stories, the most odd stories, funny stories. I know that the news is crazy when I don't have to leave Yeshiva World and I get all the crazy stories from Yeshiva World. (laughs) Yeshiva World, yeah. I'm telling you. Yes, I agree with you. People don't realize how hard putting something together like this is. It's very hard. hard. And Yeshiva World, kudos to Yeshiva World. So the headline from Yeshiva World says, Putin says prosecution of Trump shows U.S. political system is, quote, rotten. He was very sharp in his criticism of America. Yes. It was like a mustache schmooze. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. I'm like, wow. Like, I felt like repenting. I don't know. I don't know for what, but yeah. From the dude who just takes out whoever says anything bad about him. Yeah. That's how intense it was. I like to think that Putin is kind of what Trump would be. With if there were no totalitarian government, he would totally be that way. Oh yeah, Yeah. right. He would off with his head every other minute. Every hundred percent for sure. Hundred percent. He'd be Putin. Hundred percent. And that's why they like each other. I I really believe that because we know now that they weren't in cahoots. There was no Russia, Russia, Russia. But they love each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bromance. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Wait, are you going to play it, though? I want you to play it, or at least include it in the WhatsApp. Uh, there was no clip. There's a clip. There's a clip. Oh, yes. So moving on, we're moving on to another one of our favorite topics, which is Elon Musk. <laughs> and you know I'm a fanboy. You know, I, I, I mean, you know. I think they came out with some of his kids' names this week. Yeah. Technicus, Mechanicus. <laughs> is that one of the names? Something like that. Yeah, weird. Very weird. Very weird names. But these, are gonna be the, these kids are going to end up, you know, being on top of the world. Yes. I think they're born on third base, basically. Yes, exactly. So he, he got in trouble last week. We covered it uh, where uh, he basically blamed the ADL for some of the Twitter re- revenue that was lost. So uh, another, so a biography came out. And in this biography, it talks about how Musk, he turned off Starlink. And it basically, the Ukrainians had a drone attack that they were preparing to attack the Russian Navy with. And they turned off Starlink and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't complete the attack. And so there was, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of action in the political world. People saying he should be brought up on charges. He's a traitor. He's evil. Uh, I got into this with with uh, some people that I speak to, and in truth, I don't even understand people's where they're coming from. I mean, there are, there's two sides to that story, right? Yeah. Give, give Just, me the, give me the give me the side that says Trump that Musk is evil. Go. Okay. Wait. Just to give you a backdrop on this, Musk provided Starlink to Ukraine. Yeah, and that's a, a tremendous uh, tactical advantage that they have over Russia, right? Because they can see exactly what's happening in real time using these satellites. Okay, so I'll just tweak what you said a little bit. Starlink basically is giving them internet. Russia attacked Ukraine. They lost all internet. That means all of their smart bombs can't work. GPS, well, everything, well, not necessarily GPS, but anything that was internet dependent was out. The foreign minister tweeted at Elon and said, hey, Elon, instead of trying to colonize Mars, why don't you give us internet? Basically, what is Wi-Fi password? (laughs) Elon responded right away with Starlink now active in Ukraine. Immediately, he brought them Starlink. Without that, there would be no Ukraine today. Right. Because they can't operate. You can't operate a military without internet today. That's right. And- that's not something that the United States government could provide. Nobody on earth could provide it except one man, Elon Musk. And he did it for them instantly. Well, I'm already arguing on his side. I mean, you're making him sound like Batman. But, uh, yeah. But he really is. He is. He really is. There's only one man that can complete that, the mission. But that's the truth. Not I, I, I'm that, with you. I'm with he you. He did it on his dime. He didn't charge them anything for it. At a certain point, he told the U.S. government, listen, I need to get paid for this. I'm already in for $150 million. I need you, government, U.S. government, you should guys should be funding this. Right. That's a chunk of change. And then he said, if the U.S. government doesn't fund it, I'm pulling out. And then he got attacked online. Oh, you're a big Russia. What no, no, a no. Russia. But he pulled out at a certain part where Ukraine was going to attack Russia in Crimea. Is that where? Yeah, off Crimea. Right. So this particular incident, they were sending the drones. And according to the biographer, he turned off Starlink so that they couldn't do it. So that they couldn't attack Crimea. 
the the naval seat the naval ships off of Crimea. Right. So that and and he's saying, look, that would have been equivalent to an act of war. Right. right. I can't enable that. Right. So his response was, he said two things. He said, first of all, I didn't shut off anything. I received a last minute emergency request to activate Starlink in that area. It was never active there, which makes sense, right? Because he he activated it for Ukraine in the lands of Ukraine. They're asking him for Starlink access outside of Ukraine so that they could pull off this mission. They They requested it and he didn't. Request denied. Request denied, exactly. Right. I'm not getting involved. That is extremely serious. Exactly. And that's what he said. He said this was a huge, would have been a huge escalation, possibly precipitating World War III. Right. But some people are saying, look, Elon, you're supporting Ukraine. The world supports Ukraine. It's your job to get behind Ukraine. Like, how do you not support an ally? Okay. First of all, how, who has given more support to Ukraine than him? In Good. the world right now. I'm, I, and he's a private citizen. 100% it's Elon. Okay. Putin declared that he's an enemy combatant because of the help that he did to, for Ukraine. Moscow. Which means they could kill him and he's he, they're well within their rights. And I'm assuming, and we all know that when Putin says that someone is in his bad graces, as we mentioned before. They fall out windows. They fall out yeah. windows. Yes. Or their planes get shot out of the sky. Okay. So he took, he is... Target number one in the world, he is providing this on his dime. It's like you come to my house and then you say, hey, uh, could you give me a, a, a beer? And I give you a beer. Could I have another one? Sure. Now you want your sixth beer. And I say, I think you've had enough. Oh, you're evil. You're, I'm in your house. You won't give me another beer. No, no, no. You're in my house. I'm responsible here. I'm not giving you another one. That's basically what he's saying. And the other side is saying, who is Elon Musk to decide what Ukraine needs and what it doesn't? They're an ally of the United States. You live your life in the United States, make your money in the United States, right? You have factories in the United States. This is your business. How dare you turn away an ally? Because this is my business. I get it. I don't have to do anything. Let the U.S. government deal with it. I'm not a government contractor. Yeah, but I don't you work already, for the U.S. government. But you started the bull rolling, right? You're the only person that, meaning even if we paid for it, it seems like, it seems like Elon wouldn't do it. Well, we don't know. Right. But that was his position. His position is, I am not providing Starlink for pay or for free or for anything to that part of the world because I don't think it should be uh, a, a hot zone. Okay. but Who the, are you to say that? The what U.S. You, government did the same exact thing, right? The Ukrainians from the beginning were asking the U.S. for fighter jets. And Biden repeatedly said, we're not doing that because we only want them to be defensive. And we we think this would be a big escalation, and this might trigger a, a world war. So the U.S. kept denying the requests, and that's the U.S.'s per, uh, prerogative because right. they are a government, right? right? Not so, an individual private citizen, right? So if the government wants to have a say in it, they should have teamed up with Musk. They should have taken over. They should have said, "Okay, we're taking over Starlink. Here's money. We're buying it from you, or we're we're, we're commandeering it. This is on us. It's not on you." They didn't do that. But also the opportunity was not given to the government to provide that. Yes, right? it was. It was. A, it was. A, it was incorrect. A, Musk asked them repeatedly, repeatedly to get involved. But no, but not for that zone, not for the Crimea section Correct. of the world. That wasn't offered to the U.S. government, and they didn't turn it down. It was a a, 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 a Elon Musk decision that he made on his own, and a lot of people are saying that what right does he have to turn away Ukraine in that situation? At least offer it to the U.S. government and say, hey, guys, I'm not doing it because it's an escalation. But if, if the United States government wants to back it and put you know, satellite coverage for internet in Crimea or wherever the escalation or the attack was being planned, then that's your, your guys' right. But he didn't do that. Okay, but this was also not soldiers on the ground. These were drones. It's not like he was putting these lives at risk. So the, the one of the foreign ministers in Ukraine blamed him for, for deaths. But and I read into it. I was like, wait, but there were no deaths because it was drones. They're saying since we couldn't, you know, attack these ships, these ships were used in the war, and and the ships actually caused loss of life. Yes, but you could argue that with anything. You know, if the U.S. W- w- give them nukes and then this whole thing goes away, right? Give Ukraine a couple of nukes and Russia has to back down. Like, there's so many what ifs and those kind of scenarios that you could pull up. The point is, is he's a private citizen. You're 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 at his grace to be using his service that no one else on, on earth could provide 
and you're going to now hold things against them. I, I just think it's I cry foul. And that's your right, by the way. But you can't deny that there are two sides to this argument. I think the one side is very weak and one side is very strong. <laughs> well, of course you'd think that. <laughs> I was reading uh, an interesting story. It appeared on my feed. It was actually on 9-11. Uh, it's a story about Elon Musk, and I, I loved it. I really, really loved it. It's talking about when, so after he took over Twitter, uh, it turns out he has some cousins that actually work for him also. So they, they pay exorbitant amounts of money for their uh server farms, right, where all the computers are, are stored. So he said he tells the Twitter team, we got to move these servers. We're going to save $100 million. There's no need for it. We got to move them. His people, his head of his head of technician said, okay, it's going to take us six months. He says, you have three months, and if you don't get it done, I want your resignation. Huh. The technician says he's an idiot, right? He doesn't understand the complexities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's on a plane with his cousins after this meeting. One of the cousins says, why don't we just go do it ourselves? We could do it ourselves. And Musk is like, you know what? You're right. I could do it. He had said in the meeting, if I wanted to do it, I could do it myself. And the technician's like, no, you don't understand what this involves. Wait, this is a server farm. Yes. This is a, tr- it's like football fields of well, servers. Yeah, well, th- this was in, in probably, I think it was like co-located, meaning there was a lot of different servers. But yes, there were each, each server, let's say, unit is 2,500 pounds, just to give you an idea. Well, that's not so big, with. though. No, each one, and there's many of them. Many, many, many of them. He goes and tells the pilot, his private jet, turn around, take me to the server farm. They went, okay? The three of them show up unannounced. They go in. He starts looking at it, and the head technician, the Twitter technician that's there that manages them, he starts asking, I'm going to give you the short story of it, he shows him, okay, this is it. You know, they're always raised floors, etc. He starts pulling up the floor to see the wiring under. He unplugs a bunch of servers. No. Oh yes, and it was right before uh, you know one of the one of the, the holidays. So he he says, okay, I'll I'll wait three days. They come back three days later. They went to Home Depot. They bought bolt cutters. <laughs> they bought duct tape. They bought they got rental cars, U-hauls. Him and his cousins. This is Elon Musk we're talking about? Yes. They they did it. They disconnected everything. And everyone's screaming at him, you're going to destroy everything with what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. They packed them into U-Hauls with padlocks because it turns out there was user information there and that has to be protected. They they hired this low-level moving company where the head of the moving company was an ex-con who <laughs> just started it. I'm telling you, you can't make this up. Wow. They moved all the servers themselves in three days. And it was successful? Yes. Wow. There were some hiccups. There were some bumps. uh, But they accomplished it. And he now holds the record for fastest move of servers uh, uh, on that scale. I'm willing to bet that it was an Asian moving service, too. No, it wasn't. Really? It wasn't. It wasn't. Because they're unbelievable. It wasn't. But, yeah. You... The man is, he's Superman. I mean, uh, there's nothing, what could you say? Did he get a resignation, by the way? Oh, it doesn't say. Because that, that's a great question. Now, now even I want his resignation. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, if, if you are asking for six months, somebody gives you three months and then does it themselves in, in three, three days? days. Look, that's a obviously, obviously, he didn't do it the best way, right? Whatever. He's supposed to pack the servers a certain way to ensure that they don't, they don't, you know, the the the, the vibrations from the road don't affect it. You're supposed to lock them. You're supposed to clean them. You're supposed to do a million things. You're not supposed to use bolt cutters on the cables. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, he did it ghetto style. Yes, for exactly, sure. exactly. So I, I I love the man. What can I tell you? I really I really love. I mean, I respect him for his uh, his business acumen, and I respect him for his hands-on. He's just a hands-on person. Yes, that's how he is. Uh, also. Netanyahu announced that he is going to be meeting Elon Musk in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah. So he's coming. uh, Netanyahu is coming to address the United Nations, the General Assembly. And on his way, he's going to be meeting with Musk in Silicon Valley, among other people, to discuss AI. Uh, He has met with him in the past. He likes him. He said he met him. He was highly impressed. He called him a genius, a man of vision, perhaps the greatest technological visionary of our time. And speaking of AI, did you see... That the IRS now wants to use AI in its auditing? Don't let's not even talk about that, okay? Let's not even bring it up. That is the scariest thing I've seen 
Since AI started, <laughs> since the AI boom started, listen, there's pluses and this is what's the, plus? the minus. Could no, you give me a plus? There's pluses to AI. AI oh, is right. tremendous yes. and it's doing tremendous things, but this is going to be one of the drawbacks. But as of yet, they don't know if it's going to be accurate, right? Yes. So they're still working out a lot of kinks. I don't think it's coming like to a tax season near you just yet, but you know that's what's on the horizon. And if that doesn't Make your blood <laughs> run cold. I don't know what will. <laughs> What's perfect for right before Rosh Hashanah? Yeah. You better start davening. We all better start davening. Uh, also, so this was interesting. Senate Democrats are calling on Blinken to stop the Israel visa waiver. Do you know the Israel visa waiver? Isn't it for Oman? So, no. So, the, the, the United States has visa waivers oh, with certain you. countries. So, you could go in without visas. And so, the plan is it's supposed to be enacted for Israel coming up now and a bunch of Senate Democrats are asking for the United States to not do it. Why? Because, to make a long story short, because the Israelis are not treating all Israelis the same because if you are if you live in the West Bank. Mm. So, so here's the interesting thing. And really, you know the meme where you see the guy, it's a cartoon and there's two buttons and, you, and he's yes, sweating. And he's he sweating. doesn't know which button to press. <laughs> yeah, he's like on a spaceship. Yes. Exactly. So this made me think, this is a perfect meme. So you see the guy sweating and you see two two buttons. One button says, the West Bank is Palestine. And one button says, the West Bank is Israel. And he can't decide which. So the Democrats now are saying, well, don't do the Israel visa waiver program because they're treating West Bank differently. But wait a second. I thought the West Bank is Palestine. Mm. So make a separate deal with Palestine. Why are you, why are you punishing Israel for it? Cash 22. That's right. We will include that meme in well, our WhatsApp group. Well, you authored it. You have the rights. Who, who says I authored it? Mm. Also coming out of Israel, Super Meats Chicken. These are the guys who make meat in the lab. They have now officially gotten a heksher. The OU has given them a heksher for uh, chicken, lab-grown chicken. And the reason they, they gave them the heksher is because they used stem cells that they got from a chicken egg. So there's no issue of Averman Achai. So with meat, that becomes an issue. But with chicken, since you could take an egg and get the cells from there, then you grow the chicken meat in a lab. OU has now certified it as kosher. But why can't they get stem cells from a shechted cow? I do not have the answer to that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, isn't that the next <laughs> logical step? And also, that means that they'll probably never actually give a heksher to, um, like, pork or ham right. that'll be genetically reproduced. I don't fully understand it because it was my understanding that you could even get it from, like, let's say, a hair of an animal. And a hair of an animal, even if it's alive, that's what, not Averman Achai. Right. That's well, I imagine that they need, like, the full... Blood or whatever? Spectrum. I guess. I guess. Well, that's interesting. And we're going to keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm ready to taste it. I'm I'm there. Well, you've done grasshoppers, so That's true. I don't put it past you. I'm going to try it. Uh, also, coming out of Israel, and this was, you know, this was a major. I mean, this caused a big amount of controversy. So, you know, Netanyahu is uh, he, he has a coalition government government with the the Frum people, the Haredim in in Eretz Israel. So he was talking about going to Uman, and we talked about Uman a little bit in the last episode. He was talking about going to Uman. Uh, and telling Israelis basically not to go to Uman. And he said the following, quote, God has not always protected us, not on European soil and not on Ukrainian soil. People took real serious issue with this. Oh, yes. Calls of Kaifer are abound. <laughs> I mean, it's not the nicest thing to say. You know what? I, I'm surprised that Netanyahu made such a mistake. Yeah, because it's so secular. Yes. It's, it's, it's just a secular mind that would speak that way. 100%. And, and, and he's a, the consummate politician. It's just surprising. He's in a coalition with all Haredim. You don't say something like that. Right. He's usually much more eloquent. Yeah. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Speaking of Kfira, did you see, it looks like Kanye did some tshuva. You talking about the uh, Jewish Lives Matter shirt? Yeah. I saw that, uh, I think it was on Yaakov Langer's feed. Yes. Yes. I did see that. And I was surprised because I said, well, how did this get by me? You know, I, I pride myself on, you know, it turns out it wasn't Kanye. It was an impersonator. Uh, so we love you, Langer, but, you know, this was not Kanye. Yeah, listen, this is why you get your news from Kiddush Club. That's right. <laughs> okay, moving on to some of the stories that I know you did not see. So a Peruvian man, a man in Peru, 
was found carrying around a mummified corpse that was over 800 years old in a food delivery bag. And he did this, why? So he says that it's, so they they found the guy. uh, They found what guy? The guy. (laughs) He was walking around with it. It was in a uh, food delivery bag, yes. It's not like they were looking for him, like nobody was missing a mummy and like who has it, right? So he says it's been in the family. Uh, The guy's name is Julio Cesar. That's the guy who had it. Uh, and as I mentioned in the last episode, you, you know, you, I really have to read all of the articles because the devil's in the details, right? So as I'm reading, they actually interviewed this guy, Julio Cesar. They interviewed him to ask him about this. Like, what are you doing with this mummy? So he said the following, and everything I'm about to say is a direct quote. It sleeps in my bedroom with me. There's my bed, the TV set, and next to it, there's Juanita. <laughs> I take care of it. It's like, if you'll pardon the expression, as if it were my spiritual girlfriend. Ay, Dios. You can't make this up. I need more details. <laughs> I feel like I don't, like, was it good luck for him? Did he feel like, you know, everything in my life go right because of Juanita. <laughs> and we have it in the family for uh, many, uh, many years. You can not take her away from me. She is saved. My family. Well, it's interesting because they did scans on the mummy to try to determine who, what, where, when, how, right? Wait, they, so they did take it away the from The government him. took it. It's now in state, the state of now Peru. has possession. And one of the first things <laughs> they found was, in fact, it was a male mummy. So it's not Juanita, it's Juan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who, could have, who could have known? Who could have Certainly known? not Julio. No, Julio had no idea. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. My mother told me that he's a girl, so. Juanita. (laughs) And moving on to Portugal. So a town in Portugal was flooded by red wine because a wine distillery, their tanks burst, and over 600,000 gallons of red wine flowed through the streets of a small town in Portugal. Every single Jewish news status <laughs> picked this up. Really? Every single one. You can see the rivers of wine, which I thought originally, like before reading the caption, I thought it was like blood. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. looks pretty ominous. But it's really, you know, I guess it's it's great. I just wonder if it's Mavushal. Like, is the wine like? Can <laughs> you, you be just, licking? You know, You're on your hands you, and knees. No hands and knees. Just grab a cup, grab a bucket, and you know, there's your you're, you're done for Rosh Hashanah. Right, you know what I'm saying? It's true. It's true. And, and Pesach, save it. Right. You can save that wine. Like, I just don't know if that is if anybody would give a hechsher on that wine. Suffolk Mavushal. Who knows? Right. I mean, I can imagine. Like, imagine sitting on your porch, and all of a sudden you see this river begin. Right? It's crazy. It's like you're just going it, to... It, it's it's nuts. I mean, wh- what do you do at that point? At that point, you're like, Mauricio, bring the buckets. <laughs> there is free wine <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into China. And again, this came from Yeshiva World. What, what should I tell you? They're on point. Yeah. They, may, you know, maybe they're listening to us. And they're taking a cue from us. You think it's possible? Or even a broken clock is right twice a day. Interesting. Okay, the headline from Yeshiva World is 70 crocodiles are on the loose after deadly storms in China. So there were rainstorms in in southern China, a tremendous amount. They killed at least seven people. And it allowed dozens of crocodiles to escape from a farm. 70 crocodiles. And the authorities are telling everybody to stay at home. Well, when there's flooding, right, the water level rises, and that's all they need, right? Yeah. The crocodiles can just get right out. <laughs> crocodiles went crocodile. Yeah. That's a scary. Could you imagine? No, I cannot. <laughs> it's it's I very cannot. scary. Yeah. It's like- It's like lock your doors, but is that going to even help? Right, right. It's like your day was going great. Then there was a little bit of rain. Then there was a lot of rain. And then <laughs> crocodiles. Right. And then there's crocodiles everywhere. Lock like your doors. Where did this happen? In, in China, China. Wow. yeah. Wow. It's not something you would expect. No. And also coming out of China, so <laughs> a bunch of farmers, again, farmers, uh, I think they were farmers, they were workers, they decided that it was too difficult for them to get through the Great Wall. <laughs> they, had to, they had to transport some stuff, I guess, ongoing. And the Great Wall of China was in the way. Was in the way. <laughs> <laughs> so they decided to dig a big gap they found a, like a small hole 
in the Great Wall that they decided that they were going to make bigger. We don't need wall here. <laughs> we don't need wall. <laughs> so this just went right through it. Yeah. We're going to go through it. Like, this thing has been, it's thousands of years old. You know, it kept. It's like, it's one of the wonders of the world. Yes. And they just yes. ruined it. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. You ru- when you ruin a wonder of the world, that carries jail time. I mean, it stopped all invading armies, but it couldn't stop uh, this man and woman, a 38-year-old man and a 50-year-old, 55-year-old woman from breaking through so that they can move their carrots. Which speaks to their work ethic. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's totally <laughs> characteristic of the Chinese culture. Like yes. nothing will get in our way. So Baruch Hashem, we're here in the United States. We don't have to worry about crocodiles and we don't have to worry about the Great Wall of China. No, but just as big a feat as the Great Wall of China is us getting through this season. How yes. about that? Yes. Because this is, this is it. This is the season closer. This is the season closer. That is correct. Right? And I think we need to wish everybody a ksivach simetayva, a good gebenshtyar. May you be inscribed in the book of life eternally. Agreed. Amen. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for another great year. We look forward to seeing you after Rosh Hashanah. Daven well. And have us in mind. How about yeah. that? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. If Keep you're not going to buy us a coffee, at least daven for us. <laughs> right? Keep Kiddush Club in your prayers. And thanks again. And don't forget, by the way, we do have a call-in number. So friends, family members who don't have access to the podcast online can call in and listen to any of our podcasts. The call-in number is 605-417-0303, and of course, it will be in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And... We are out. One day, a young bocha from Bnei Brak decided he wanted to be Chiloni. He moved out of his parents' home and into his uncle's apartment in Tel Aviv, a stone's throw from B'nai Brak geographically, but about as far away as Mars religiously. Time went by, and the Bocha met and fell in love with a non-Jewish girl. He got engaged to her. Now, this was too much even for his secular uncle, and he became very angry with him. But in spite of all the uncle's efforts to get him to cancel the wedding, the nephew was determined to go through and marry the girl. The uncle was at least able to convince this bocha to tell his parents face-to-face about what he planned to do. The only time that this bocha said that he had was on Shabbos. And he agreed to go back for Shabbos, provided that his parents agreed to his conditions. So he spent most of Shabbos night chilling on his parents' porch with a cigarette in his mouth and Shabbos morning found him out there again with his iPhone. In the afternoon, his father asked him if he'd like to go to a shear with him to Rav Aaron Leib Shteyman, Zechat Sadlivrocha. Surprisingly, he agreed to go. After the shear, his father brought him over to Rav Aaron Leib. The father told the Rav that his son was no longer Shoma Shabbos. Rabbi Laid looked at this fellow and asked him, How long is it since you kept Shabbos? Two years, said the young man. And during that time, did you have any thoughts of tshuva? Yes, he said, about four times. And each of those four times, how long did that last for? About ten minutes. Said Rabbi Laid, so it comes out that in the last two years, you had 40 minutes of Mokam Shabale Chuva Omdim Tzadikim Gemurim Eino Omdim. For that, I envy you. Kachabas. The young fellow returned to his uncle's apartment in Tel Aviv, but the Rav's words would not let him rest. After a week, he decided to postpone the wedding, and then he cancelled it, and after a lot of soul searching, he went back to his family. Today, he's an Avrech. Now, there's something that doesn't quite make sense about this story. Why would someone who's surfing the web on Shabbos afternoon want to go to a shiur by a tzaddik? 
Someone asked him this question and his answer was, when I was in Kita Dalat in Cheda, my class went to be tested by Rabbi Aaron Leibzitzel. The Rebbe asked that the Rav should give us very, very simple questions. And so Rabbi Aaron Leib asked questions which everyone could answer. When each boy answered this question, Rabbi Aaron Leib gave him a candy. And when it was my turn to go and he asked me an easy question, but I didn't know the answer. So he asked me an even easier question and I still don't know the answer. And he asked me an even easier question than that and I still couldn't answer. While everyone was leaving with their candy in their hand, Rabbi Aaron Leib called me over and he said to me, in Torah and Yiddishkeit, you get reward for effort, not for results. All the other boys tried to answer one question and they got one candy. You tried to answer three questions, so you get three candies. With a smile, he dropped three candies into my hand. Our actions have echoes, echoes, echoes down the years. A kind word, a smile, a gesture today may save someone's life tomorrow. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.